Are we doing it? Are we recording? We're recording. Okay. We're recording. Shelby, welcome. Thank you. To the Bonner Breakdown. Uh, we kicked this thing off this week, and we had three main uh, focus, uh, three main focuses of this program. Uh, the first is, you know, conversation. We want to talk, right? Have yeah. conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Discover all the different things that. Uh, people want to talk about want to hear about from nonprofits, businesses issues politics of course uh, the housing agency helps sponsor this too so we want to sometimes talk about housing thank you uh, VCHA. So <laughs> we've got a lot we can talk about there no yeah, doubt absolutely and then um, we want to create connection for people i think it's so easy to lose sight of who people really are because we never actually find out uh, we just find out where they stand politically or we stand uh, or on an issue and we've now boxed them in and uh, treat them as the enemy and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, actually, these are people who have lives and kids and families. And, you know, it's good to actually get to know people. So that's mm-hmm. part of our process here. And then the last is uh, celebration. We want to create a, a space where good things happen here. We want to celebrate it and hear the stories mm-hmm. of the great things that are happening here. So we've got three main focuses here uh, with the Bonner Breakdown. And we are glad that uh, you decided to come in and hang out. It's a pleasure to be here Yeah, with you. now you and I have hung out a couple times, mm-hmm. um, chat a little bit on housing stuff, and kind of got to know each other a little bit over the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been really nice. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is, who is this mayor of Sandpoint? You know, mm-hmm. Shelby, Shelby Rungstead. Where, where Did you grow up here? Where did you move from? Yeah, you know, the question of who are you is probably the hardest question for me to answer because I never know what rabbit hole to jump through with that question. Sure, but totally. Um, I grew up in Lewiston. Um, I graduated from Lewiston High, class of 92, so I'm mm-hmm. aging myself there a little bit. Hey, come on, and, we're uh, all there, we're all there. <laughs> P- push that back just, just a little bit further away, push it me. down. Yep, down. Yep, yep, just like yep, that. Okay. That's great. Yeah, so uh, Lewiston, um, I was a Bengal. And Ooh. yeah, yeah, Ooh. Bengal Tigers. That's right. Um, I was the the uh, high school mascot. I got to wear the Bengal costume <laughs> oh, for a really period of time. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I was. Uh, let's see. I think I, I won on my basketball team my freshman year in high school. I won most uh, it, most inspirational players. So <laughs> I was the biggest cheerleader, not necessarily the the yeah, biggest right? athlete. So yeah, yeah. Oh, but awesome. um, yeah. So that's uh, that. I think you know talks a little bit about me you know i also i I was actually uh the associated student body vice president my senior year so Uh, so so maybe that was a precursor yeah politics started early for you okay (laughs) all right um then i uh went to college at university of oregon okay for which was a sharp contrast to growing up in lewiston idaho boy wow what a what a difference because eugene is a different world it's a different world Uh uh-huh i I, I haven't seen another town quite like eugene ducks Yep. Go ducks. That's right. Yep. So once once you're a duck, you're unfortunately always my, a duck. my uncle uh, was a student body president uh, in Eugene at the U of L one mm-hmm. year. I don't remember which year. And my dad is a beaver. So big you know, trouble. I am a rebellious son. Uh, and I'm just teasing. I'm not. But you know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm a duck fan. While my dad's a beaver fan. So. You know, we tend to we tend to have our, our annual arguments, uh-huh. which is I good. Did, I didn't you know? know that we shared that. Yeah, that's I didn't great. know that either. Go Ducks! That's cool. I, you yeah, know, you know, family family's all from from Oregon except for my mom. So, well, my mom kind of too, but uh-huh. yeah. So yeah, big big Duck fans. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, you went, so you went to U of O. 
Uh, yeah, I went to U of O um, uh, for about two years, and then after my sophomore year, I took a break and I went down to lived in the Phoenix Valley, okay. which was another sharp contrast. Wow! For about a year and a half, and I, I managed uh, a restaurant down there for uh, for much of that time, and um, and then when I came back, I wanted to go back to school, and I came back to the University of Idaho in Moscow. Um, I lived between Moscow and Pullman uh, through that two-year period while I finished school, yeah. and then came up to Sandpoint. Um, you know, at the time I, I graduated high school or college rather, um, uh, got a, a B, BA in uh, general studies, and I, I was interested in everything. and And I really mm. approached education from the perspective, perspective of. Um, I, I always felt, felt like I had an, an entrepreneurial spirit. I, I, I was always um, interested in in, in business in, in general. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was really interested and, and fascinated by the world around me from, sure. from an early age. And so it was, you know, the first couple of years of college, I was like changing my major every three months. And then I was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to just like study everything and, uh -huh. and, and just, do yeah. get the degree that'll allow me to do that. So that's, so that's, yeah, so that's what I did. Okay. And rather than prepare myself for a career. Um, and then, um, yeah, when I moved to Sandpoint, um, after, after college and I was really attracted here by the lake, of course, yeah. the natural world around us, the, mm -hmm. the mountains and the, the forests. And, um, and I was really interested in this idea of permaculture. Um, this was 1999 sure. wow, awesome. and yeah, and it's this idea yeah. of, you know, how can we live more in harmony with uh -huh. nature? Yeah. How can we design our human systems in a way to, to accomplish that, yeah. um, in our, in our lives, um, as a society and, and so, um, so I, I was a back to lander there for a couple of years and okay. I, I bought 10 acres out in the forest and I, I built a little cabin. I wanted to, you know, work with my hands and built a garden, built a cabin and, um, it, trees came from the, from the hillside there where, where I was, um, up Renka loop and, and, uh, and did that for a couple of years. And then I realized, wow, this is kind of lonely out here and I feel wow. uh, a little too disconnected from uh, society at large so um, <laughs> even though you know I was I was working in town part-time to pay the bills and right, pay my mortgage right. and stuff but well, and, um, literally just scraping by well so. and I love the um, love the concept of permaculture I have a friend who does work uh, in some third world countries teaching permaculture and they actually have been able to help like um, you know small five acre farms be totally self-sustainable right. and um and just do amazing things and basic micro farming to provide for their community um, because they don't have a lot of the resources and so using permaculture they're using their land to naturally cultivate stuff all all down there it's pretty exciting yeah I, I love that concept it's pretty cool yeah um so so then so you're living here you're you're working part-time uh, you're out kind of in the woods a little bit yeah uh, doing the mountain man uh, yeah. activities and, that's right and so what shifted uh, well, you know, I, I, like many people in Sandpoint, I had two or three jobs, uh, part-time here, part-time there and yeah. doing everything from, uh, cooking and, uh, landscaping. Um, and, uh, basically is just kind of a, an assistant to a guy who lived on the lake and had a, had a nice, uh, piece of property there. Um, I, I was a barista for a while and, you know, I always had this idea that I wanted, um, I wanted a... I wanted to create this community center um, mm -hmm. that really centered around um, th this idea of how do we create healthy people? How do we create healthy community? Mm -hmm. And so central to that, to, in my mind, was um, was food, really nutritious food. Okay. Um, I've always been a foodie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been interested in, you know, trying to figure out how to maximize my own health through mm-hmm. diet and exercise mm-hmm. and things since I was uh, a teenager. Um, I started meditating when I was uh, 14 okay. and um, started to get more serious about it when I was, um, let's see, uh, after I moved here. So okay. it, was, it was maybe at the age of 25. Okay. Um, and I've been a regular uh, meditator ever since. Um, yeah. And so that's that's another part of it. It's it's the healthy body, healthy mind, um, and and in fact the the um, the motto of my restaurant, Common Knowledge, that yeah. I opened in 2006 was um, nourishing mind, body, and soul. Yeah. Yeah. And and part of that too, it was also a bookstore. So um, my my uh, soon to be wife at that time uh, and I, who uh, we were living together out on the mountain cabin there. And uh, we were always looking for an opportunity of how can we, um, you know, realize a, a greater vision than just sort of having, you know, between the two of us, four part-time jobs around town. And, right. Um, yeah. And uh, and so there, the I think it was the old um, uh, it was it was the old bookstore, uh, the book gallery. It was called. Okay. And I don't know if you remember that. Were you, you it was before your time? Yeah, I've been here about fifteen years. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it was for sale and. It was just a completely run-down mess mm. of a building um, with a bunch of old books right across the street from the Sandpoint Senior Center. Right, yeah. And, um, and it was, you know, screaming deal. This was before the real estate boom had really kind of peaked. Um, and so we got in there at the right time um, and were able to uh, purchase that with some help from family, um, which was really a blessing. Wow, and that's great. We got in there and, and it literally, um, you know, over the course of 10 years... Um, just kind of piece by piece rebuilt that place and and turned it into um, not just a, a, a restaurant and a, and a revitalized bookstore, but really a community center okay. and, and a yeah. community hub. And yeah. and it kind of you know in my mind, especially in those early years, it was kind of um, I think it was recognized as a, a community center for um, engagement and activism. And right, right. And and I think that um, I I remember going in there many times, seeing you behind the counter getting some burritos or, you know, and, and my wife and I would go in there and, and have some coffee. Mika loves it. Uh, loved going in there. It was just a great place to get some work done and to hang out. And so great. We love, we love, we love that spot. So yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So you, you kind of miss it. Yeah, I, yeah, but we've got great places now. Yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, well, you know, Sandpoint's changed so much. So much. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, when when I opened, it was it was before Evans Brothers, it was before, um, you know, Charlotte's food truck, which mm-hmm, that kind of mm-hmm. the Soul Kitchen spilled out from mm-hmm. this. Uh, she was she was our cook there for many years, um, our our chef, I would say, and um, yeah, there were a lot of businesses that kind of came after the fact, and then you know you can only split a pie so many times, and and I think. Um, at the end of the day, it was it was kind of a tough location. Um, it, sure. it was really nice yeah, being in the all three parking spots or something. You know, yeah. I remember always being like, "Okay, we're gonna." You're right. Yeah, yeah. that, yeah. and then um, and then just you know, the competition continued to increase around sure. town. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and then at the end of the day, um, you know, I started getting involved with city politics right. um, in 2007. Uh-huh. Um, I was on the uh, steering committee. For the transition initiative, which was right. the second one in North America at the time, I think, I think maybe Boulder was the first one. I okay. don't know if you remember that movement. Yeah, I, re- I, re- I was not involved at all at the time. I was doing writing mortgages uh, in my business, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of uh, you know the the vision of it was um, how do we live in a post uh, petroleum 
world. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was kind of the idea. And so it was really this grassroots effort to try to figure out how we can kind of pull ourselves up by our own mm -hmm. bootstraps and figure out how to re rebuild our, our economy and our society in a way to um, to be more sustainable and and mm -hmm. uh, more uh, resilient in the face of a dramatically changing global uh, you know economy and right. and you know superstructure. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's kind of what I was doing at the at the moment, and I was you know involved in the community in ways like that. Um, um, through that project, I, I um, initiated uh, with, with others in the group uh, the first uh, community garden in Sandpoint, right oh, cool. there. Right there on Pine Street, uh, so oh, that that awesome. was one that was kind of you know one of the memorable projects that came out of that effort, and um, and then I uh, you know I saw that the Sandpoint City was going through a comprehensive plan. Yeah, I'm gonna just stop real quick because I okay. remember I actually now that you mentioned it, Meek and I went to a couple transition initiative <clears throat> things at the um, the charter school, mm -hmm. and. Um, and I remember it was uh, it was it was a very eclectic group, very very interesting, you know, um, very interesting group and people. You just brought that to mind. I remember doing some some uh, working groups and things like that. I was part of the chamber of commerce at the time, so I was uh, I was on their executive committee in uh, two thousand eight and nine, um, and then uh, stepped down in two thousand ten. Uh, when Meek and I got married, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that, yeah, I totally am remembering that now that, mm -hmm. that transition initiative. So, okay. And then, um, uh, yeah, we had the big comp plan coming on strong. Uh, we, I, I remember that was a big, a big effort. Uh, we brought in the consultants, uh, began that process and that was in, started in 06, 07. Oh seven. Oh seven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ray Miller was the mayor at the right. time. Yeah. And, um, and I just wrote him a letter and said, Hey, I'd love to be on this committee. And, you know, I never, you know, had no experience with urban planning or, you know, anything like that. But, um, but, you know, coming from a kind of a per permaculture designer's mind, it, it's okay. really about, you know, integrated systems yeah. and, yeah. and how things go together and, and how to maximize that and eliminate uh, waste or conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so it's, you know, very, um, you know, similar kinds of, um, you know, pattern recognition and stuff, very similar kinds of, um, you know, mental processes, if you will. So, mm -hmm. um, so I thought, you know, why not give it a try? And, yeah. um, so I did that for a couple of years. That was a two year process, that comprehensive plan. And, um, it was a pretty, you know, I think at that point it was probably the most robust citizen engagement effort the city of Sandpoint had gone through. I, from what I heard, it was yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was yeah. really, it was really well done, yeah. um, and it was a huge, you know, change for Sandpoint because we were kind of operating off of, uh, we called it a plan. It wasn't much of a plan for. Right. I think it was. I don't yeah. know if it was 1974, or 1976. It was very old, as old as I, I was, I am, and um, <laughs> yeah, and and it was just way outdated and, uh -huh. and didn't really address how Sandpoint was going to manage growth uh, today and into the future. And, right. Well, and there were a lot of consequences um, developing in housing and in traffic and in everything else that because there was no plan. That's right. Oh, there, there was a plan, but it was not uh, not a thoughtful, maybe up-to-date plan, right? That's so, right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And and with a comprehensive plan, you really want to be looking um, at least 20 years. It's, it's 
typically considered a 20-year window. You want right. to be looking 20 years into the future, and that's what you're designing for. That's what you're you know, visioning for. Did the state start requiring the comprehensive plans long before then, and you just had to have one on the books? Or, yeah. And so how often, like, what's the requirement for updates now? Because I mean, we're, I don't we're think about to update it. Yeah, yeah, we're updating now at, at 10 years, and, and that's uh, that's sort of a good standard Indu- practice. Industry standard type that's of right. thing. Okay, great. Yep. All right. What was kind of your role in all that? Uh, well, as a steering committee, so we were, um, uh, I would say, really two parts. Um, well, at least three parts. <laughs> you know, we were looking at um, um, gathering data was mm-hmm. part of it. So mm-hmm. we would come up with um, suggested um, policy recommendations, um, goals, and objectives for the comp plan. Um, that it is, was really an effort to try to ascertain what the public desire is in terms of community vision right Um, and then we would so we would develop that and then we would take it out into the community we would go to events like the bonner county fairs bonner Mm -hmm. county fair Mm -hmm. we go to the poac arts and crafts fair Mm -hmm. we went to farmers market we went to you know all kinds of community events like that to try to get as much public feedback as we could um as well as um you know a series of um, other meetings uh, public meetings um and um and, and to really kind of, you know, test and see how we're doing. Okay. So once yeah. we developed that, um, you know, ultimately the, it went to uh, City uh, Planning and Zoning Commission and, um, and they, you know, ha- you know revised it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then once it was approved through Planning and Zoning, it went to City Council okay. and, and was approved. So yeah. it, it was a pretty lengthy process because I, I think it, it kind of went, it circled back around between Planning and Zoning and, and uh, the Council for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was... You know, at every one of those opportunities, there was lots of public input. That's and, right. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it was, um, even though, you know, at that point, I think we had a fairly, um, I would say, a, a somewhat divided council in those days. Yeah. Um, it Ultimately, it passed uh, with unanimous approval. Wow. So I think that yeah. was an accomplishment. That's a huge co- accomplishment. And I think that that does require uh, a bit of time, I think, and, and a lot of process so that all the kinks can get worked out for everybody mm-hmm. to have a yes. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's actually a huge win. Wow, that's great. Um, now, uh, this whole time, um, uh, you I know you just recently uh, were married, and mm-hmm. you've been with the same gal the whole time. Is that uh, no? Uh, yeah, yes, so no. I, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't my, know much of your history. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I and was. If it's too personal, just say, dude, chill. Okay, that's yeah. fine. No, no I, I can go there. Um, yeah, my, my first marriage was from, uh, I would say from 2000, uh, let's say I have to think about that, 2003 to 2015. Okay. And and then I met uh, Katie, my current wife in 2016. And uh, we've been together. Um, we just got married, actually, in July. Yeah, that's so fun. That's great. So, yeah. yeah, congratulations. Yeah, that's thank awesome. you. And I, yeah. I have a seven-year-old daughter, Rosie, and a ten-year-old uh, son, Rowan. So awesome. Yeah, awesome. we're doing we're doing really good, and um, we live right down here on the on the edge of downtown in uh-huh. Sandpoint, and yep. um, we have a really happy life together. That so, that's thanks. awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Thank thanks. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was one of the reasons. You know, I I you know, was divorced and moved up here because my uh, ex-wife and my kids moved up here. Mm-hmm. And that was my draw to come to Sandpoint is that, hey, I got I got family in the area. I want to be near my kids. And so I ended up moving up here. So family's, family's important. Yeah. You know, um, we make a lot of decisions based on, 
you know, what's happening in our families, yeah, you know, and I right. think that's always good to, good to keep in mind. Um, especially in the craziness of, of, uh, how things, how things seem to be going in our, uh, discourse nationally and even mm-hmm. locally, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we've all got families, yeah. you know, we all got people that we're looking out for that we're taking care of, that we're, right. we're, uh, doing our best, uh, uh, to do, do the best we can. So, now you go from being on the comp plan steering committee, seeing that thing through its entire process. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you sell the bookstore uh, or the, your common knowledge, the center? Yeah, 2015. At the okay. end of 2015. So, okay. um, yeah, and that was um, that was really driven by uh, you know at that point I had served um, after the the comp plan I served a term uh, on the planning and zoning commission, okay. Okay. and then I served a, a full term. term. On, on city, city council, council. Okay. ultimately as council, council president. So, so you served on planning and zoning mm-hmm. for a season, and, and then, then you for three years. Three years, yeah. and then you stepped onto city council. How many terms? Uh, one. Ter- well, just I, yeah. I was a uh, I was appointed by Mayor Ogilvy. Okay. Um, to fill her vacant seat, she was mm-hmm. city midway through her council term and was elected mayor, mm-hmm. um, and so she appointed me to fill her seat. So I did that for two years, and then I ran. And then I was elected. Okay. I was there for two years. Okay. And then midway through my term, I ran for mayor. Okay. And this was 2015. And so, right. so I knew at that point, um, you know, I couldn't be mayor and also be a restaurateur. <laughs> okay. And that was just uh, a little too much. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, so you know, it was also time for me to just make a change. You know, I'd been doing that for 10 years, mm-hmm. um, restaurant business uh, and retail is is just um you know maybe for some people it's a lifelong adventure uh, oh, for me it, 10 years is enough so okay. yeah uh, i loved it yeah, it was that's a, that's really a, hard to let it go but it's you know uh that's one thing about working whether it's in retail or restaurant you have a community yeah you know you develop relationships in and out of the business from distributors, suppliers to the people across the across the way from you, you know, and so it, it does become a community. So it's always hard to leave something that's so um, uh, has its own web, that's right. you know, that you kind of live in if yeah. you're in that business. So um, great. Now, now, why did you get into politics? What's kind of your driver with all that? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. It's like it's it's kind of a slippery slope story, really. You oh. know. I mean? <laughs> Wow, you know, I'm I'm always I'm always leery of the slippery slopes, yeah, yeah, man. That's <laughs> right. You know, it, um, you know, once you get involved, people, um, you know, in 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 public service, you're we're always sort of like with anything, right? Yeah. You're always looking for, you know, who's who's up and coming. Who do we want to bring onto the team? Oh man, um, yeah, yeah. You know, we, fresh blood. Yeah, exactly, you know, yeah, totally, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny when I was a, a business owner. Um, and, and I had uh, the bookstore and cafe there, um, I ended up, you know, challenging the Planning and Zoning Commission on numerous fronts from, you know, art on the side of my building to just the right to have uh, a restaurant there in the first place and then expanding kind of my, my rights as a okay. business there. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, you know, challenging the commission in, in terms of uh, city regulations that uh, what was currently allowed there um, in terms of uh, use standards. And How'd that go? Uh, I got what I wanted, <laughs> but it, it was a hard-fought battle, and it right. took years. It, yeah. it, it was kind of, uh, you know, at first there was this attitude of, you know, not in my backyard, right? We we don't want a restaurant, yeah. you know, if, if you're a, a homeowner, you're a homeowner next door, right there, you, know, yeah. you don't want a yeah. restaurant next door, and yeah. so 
Um, but this was also in the midst of, you know, the city going through some changes and growing. Mm -hmm. And, and the fact is that there had always been a business there, not always been a restaurant there. Um, but you know, this was a, uh, a small but substantial change. And so there was some pushback from, from the, from the, uh, immediate neighbors, some of them. And, um, and of course the, the planning and zoning commission at that point was, um, sensitive to that as they should be. Sure, and, yeah. and so it was, you know, it was a push pull thing and, sure. and, and, you know, they, they gave me a little bit of leash and then I, you know, kind of filled into that for yeah. a year or two. They gave yeah. me a little bit more leash and ultimately, you know, um, the, the neighbors realized that we're good neighbors after all and yeah. everything was yeah. fine and dandy. Well, and, and I find that that that's usually the solution to a lot of the not in my backyards is at some point, you know, you got to test the, test the theory. Yeah. You know, and that's a hard, hard hurdle the cross yeah for many people so okay so um you you seem like um you're you have you have some real um strong ideas and objectives when it comes to politics and it comes to outcomes and things that you want to have happen um how would you how would you describe some of your drivers when it comes to what you're doing as mayor and running for office what are some things that really are are your drivers motivators uh in this arena yeah that's a good question thanks i i think that um you know for me, I, I just I, I want the world to be a better place than you know. I want to leave the world in a better place than I found it. Sure, right? Yeah. And um, and I think you know everybody. I, I would hope, and and I, I want to believe this, and most of the time I believe this. Everybody uh -huh. that runs for public office does it for those reasons. They want yep. to make their community, they want to make their their state, their nation a better place. Yep. And and I, I and I I certainly operate at that level, but. I think that, um, you know, on a deeper level than that, um, you know, I, I've always been more um, of a visionary and looking, you know, looking maybe farther down the road than maybe other people are okay. willing or comfortable right. looking. You know, sure. most people are like either, you know, worried about today or, you know, whether it's, you know, putting food on the table or making sure that their family's needs are met or, you know, their their next career step or, or whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've always well, been the kind of, of I've yeah. always kind of been the person yeah. that thinks, well, what about in, you know, 20 years or 50 years or a hundred years yeah. and, yeah, okay. and where, where are we going on the longer, you know, the longer time frame here? So, um, so to me, that makes a lot of sense having, hearing you say that, because there's a lot of things that I think that you seem to feel a sense of urgency about that. I think other people are like, Whoa, slow down. I mm. think, I think that that. That that's uh, even creating conflict in the current race, hmm. right? I, I don't know if you've noticed that, but there's like this: let's slow down, let's slow yeah. down, let's slow down. You're like, no, we got to move, mm -hmm. and I think, um, and that makes a lot of sense because you're seeing seeing, you know, to the next steps. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, is that accurate? Am I am I in the ballpark there? How would you how would you describe that? Yeah, well, you know, I I think it. it Maybe I drill down a little further to sure, see great. specifically what issues we're we're focusing on. Are we talking about? Well, I just noticed, you know, like uh, when it came to uh, selection of uh, grass versus astroturf, uh, you know, thing the the, the mm -hmm. wait we we should have taken more time. We needed more time. We need more time. And yeah. at the forum last night, you know, and right. and you were there and. Ken and yeah. Shannon, everybody was there. So, um, but that seemed to be a theme. 
Yeah. Right. And and right. so it just made sense. Like it just yeah. started clicking a little bit. Like, oh, okay. So there. Well, if if we're to focus on that example, and I don't sure. know if you want to go down this rabbit hole, I'm happy to. I I really I just, could care less. Yeah, but, let's but, do it. But okay, we're gonna do it. Let's okay, do it. Here we go, everybody. Um, well, so I, I think this that, is. Let me just say, it's sure. a conversation. No, so no, wherever it's fine. you want to go, it's good. Okay. Um, uh, what I want to say about that one though is there's actually mm-hmm. really specific reasons behind that. But but yeah, I think good. it does circle back around to your intuition that that yeah, this is about the longer game mm-hmm. um, because. Um, the, the situation is, and, and this is what hasn't really come out in terms of, you know, um, in, the, in the debate the okay. way that it, it probably should. Okay. Um, and that is that we made a commitment to the taxpayers in 2015 mm-hmm. that when we passed this 1% local option tax, the Memorial yep. Field tax, that we would have a completed grandstands and new field turf in five years. Okay, we're now four years into that. And um, that tax will be sunsetting next year. We, we completed the grandstands. Um, we, in 2016, we created a, a, a field, uh, the Surface Review Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that process went from 2016 to 2017. We brought a contractor on board, a consultant rather, that uh, was a landscape architect and experienced in these matters and, and helped us educate ourselves as far mm-hmm. as, okay, what are, what are the options? So they, they laid it out on the table for us. This is what synthetic turf would look like. This is what it would cost. This is what grass would look like and what it would cost. Um, and we went through that process for two years, thinking that that would get us to a point where, where, as a community, we would have an aha moment. And we would realize, okay, grass is the solution or turf is the solution or you know, whatever is the solution. And and we actually we actually ended up looking at three options because so interesting. We, because then we also looked at a hybrid option which is part grass uh-huh. part, yeah. part turf right, right. Yeah. and so we, we went through this whole process and at the end of the process we were still right where we started we all we all knew a lot more uh-huh. we knew what it would cost yeah, we knew sure. all the things that were involved um, but we were as a community we were still in the same place of like well yeah. it's still fifty fifty right okay. yeah. so and and we could keep studying this issue for 25 more years i bet you yeah. and at the end of the day we would come down to okay it's 50 50 right so so, so yeah, to, answer, yeah, yeah. to finish answering your yeah. question though so that's where we kind of ended up in 2017 and then we knew we had the parks master plan coming up so we thought okay let's just put this on hold right now and let's use the master planning process to help us figure out how we can, we're how we can get that. there right okay yeah and so and because then we're also we're rolling into the to the bigger picture the other right. athletic fields and things because these are part of the equation sure right? yeah and so so when we hired Greenplay, uh brought them on board earlier this year um that was one of of the things that we asked of them was you know at the end of the day we want a, a recommendation from from you as a we, we want a design concept for a, our, a rebuild of our park system but we also want a recommendation with this memorial field piece to help us move forward on this and um and we we did by the way we did get a recommendation from the original contractor he or the consultant um they also thought that we should go with synthetic turf but they were also you know, they were not put in the position of, of being asked for a recommendation. Okay. And they could see how, like, volatile the situation was. So they were like, we want to stay, you know, we're just going to do our job yeah. and stay out of this political part. Sure. Right? So, yeah. so they, you know. That makes sense. Yeah, so fair enough. So, but with, <laughs> it, with this effort, we wanted, we, we knew that we needed some help making that mm-hmm. decision. Okay. And so at the end of the day, they came forward with not just a design concept, 
um, but a recommendation with a field surface as well. Wow, okay. And that's what the council was considering a couple of weeks ago was not just the design concept mm -hmm. for, for Memorial Field, but also it came, coming with that decision was a field decision as well, a, turf, uh, a field surface decision. Okay. Yeah. And, and so in my mind, you know, we had already gone through the due diligence. We had already looked at all the options. We didn't get any closer to a decision as a community. So we needed to take, you know, it, whenever this decision came up, it was, it's going to be a hard decision. Yeah. It's always going to be yeah. a hard decision. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's a lot of issues like that where, sure. where, you know, you have half the community feels this way, half feels that way. And those are never easy decisions. And, and you can second guess yourself all day long. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, those those are the kinds of decisions mm -hmm. that council people and mayors have to make on yeah. a regular basis. So or yeah. at least be prepared to make. Yeah. Yeah. And I notice I notice that um, you don't have a, you don't seem to really be too bothered by making those decisions. Yeah. You know, uh, for me, it's it's um, it's about and I, I don't, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just think it's it's you, you seem pretty comfortable making those decisions. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, and I think that's, um, you know, an essential component of, of good leadership, frankly. Okay. Um, and for me, it's it's keeping my eye on the prize. If if my goal is to try to please everybody and, and you know, I figured this out early in politics. Right. If your goal is to try to please everybody, you're doing the wrong job. Yeah. Right. Because, first of all, it ain't going to happen. And the, the longer and harder you try mm -hmm. to do that, you'll realize that it, mm -hmm. it's just it's. It's a fruitless exercise, mm -hmm. right? Yep, yep, yep. So, um, but I, you know, it, it's more important to um, make sure you communicate with everybody, hear from everybody, understand the issue as best mm -hmm. you can, and the reason that you're put in that role is is because the public is trusting you to make the best right. decision for the community. Right. So, um, so I feel like you know, if I can get to that place where I where I'm educated and informed about the topic. And I feel like I've addressed it with the public broadly, and uh -huh. and have engaged the public on an issue. Um, you know, once I come to a decision, then um, that that part in the end, it's it's really kind of easy, right? right. And, yeah. and you and I can yeah. stand, you know, with confidence and and security in that decision and, yeah. and move forward. So, do you ever feel like um, um, one of the one of the comments that you know I, I've seen come up um, and have heard is that um, that that there's a um, sometimes that there can be a driver, like you can drive an initiative or drive a topic or drive some things. Do you feel like you're a driver? Like you get like kind of like a dog on a bone type of thing uh, with certain topics or issues, or do you feel like you're, yeah, you, know, you know, I just, yeah. I just sense that, that there's the, there's a sense that you kind of try and drive, drive certain things pretty hard and other things. I, I don't know, but yeah. I'm just curious about that. Cause that's one of the comments that comes up, you know, uh -huh from time to time that you you like to drive drive issues pretty hard is that accurate um th yeah that's a good question um i think that that there are moments when that is called for you know, okay. you know in leadership sure. there are moments when that is called for yeah and um what i've seen is that um it, i th i think we have this history if, if you look back at kind of Sandpoint's history, and this is probably a human nature thing, right? I mean, <laughs> nobody likes to deal with difficult conversations, difficult decisions. Oh. We love to just procrastinate and, yeah. you know, it, push, kick, kick it down can. the road, yep. leave it for the mm -hmm. next person, you know, um, that kind of thing. And so I think we've kind of had a history of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a great example of that is our wastewater treatment plant, <laughs> right? You know, this thing is 80 years old. Um, even the new parts are, you know, 40 years old. Um, and... Uh, 
you know, it, it's it's a, an issue of massively deferred maintenance that um, the city hasn't dealt with for decades, right? Um, and and understandably so, you know, it's it's not a fun thing to deal with. These uh, wastewater treatment facilities are extremely expensive, right? Yeah. Um, it's a it's a tough pill to swallow for taxpayers, right? Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's one of those things that you have to, you know, at some time, at some point, you have to pull your bootstraps up and just get her done. Yeah. And um, and I feel like, um, for whatever reason, I think I do have uh, the kind of personality that doesn't sit well with kicking the can down the road. Yeah. And it doesn't I, seem I, like it. Yeah. I don't yeah. sit well with just letting yeah. decisions not, you know, kind of fester and not get made, uh-huh. and letting things just kind of continue not being dealt mm-hmm. with. Um, and so, yeah, so yeah, I, I definitely see myself as, uh, the, the kind of, uh, candidate, the kind of leader that, that likes to address the issues that need to get addressed. Yeah. Okay. So you have said that you see housing as being a major issue mm-hmm. that Sandpoint and Sandpoint, you know, Bonner County, this region has to deal with, uh, what do you see as being the issue with housing? Yeah, well, you know, great question. Um, you know, there's a few different ways we c- could approach this. I, I, I would, would say, say that, that here's the reality, is growth is happening. Mm-hmm. Growth is coming to Idaho, mm-hmm. it's coming to North Idaho, and it's especially coming to Sandpoint in Bonner County. Um, and we've seen that over the last couple of years. We grew uh, over 5% in 2017, mm-hmm. um, uh, over 3%, 3.5% last year. Um, and that, that trend is likely going to continue. And so, well, we just got rated the third cheapest ski resort town in America. Right. So, exactly. you know, and no, no flashing sign yeah. saying move here. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, of course we live uh, next to this gem of a lake that is just a treasure, yeah. an absolute treasure. So the quality of life here is so high. Um, and it, while it's diminishing, at, you know, many other places that have been popular around the world as we... Um, experience, you know, dramatic changes in everything from, um, you know, uh, economics to climate change to, um, you know, immigration, um, migration, I should say, human Mm -hmm. migration around the planet. Um, These major changes that that kind of we're in the midst of. And, um, and it, you know, as, as that happens, you know, Sandpoint becomes even increasingly uh, an ideal place where you can you know live work raise a family um and that we have such a high quality of life and and it is our greatest asset yeah um and so people are going to come here and it you know whether we want them to or not and so the reality is how do we you know how do we maintain those things that we love so much about our community Um, and the solution is to manage that growth in a way uh that we can that we can preserve what we value and, and not allow it to just allow ourselves to just get run roughshod by the people who have the most money. Right. Um, and so that's, that's why we're doing, you know, that's, that's why a comprehensive sure. plan is so important. Right. Yeah. And, and that's why addressing the issue of housing is so important because it also, uh, relates to, um, you know, when we talk about housing, we're talking about, you know, how can we, um, how can we how can we continue to afford to live here? We're talking about affordable housing. Um, as as that growth continues to happen, um, it will invariably drive um, prices up, mm-hmm. and it yeah. really be- it we, comes we, down to that, a, that's not a that's not even up for debate. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. 
But if we can manage that growth and, and you know, if, if mm -hmm. it comes down to a supply versus demand issue, if, if we were to, you know, build a wall around the city boundary right now and say, <laughs> um, you know, we're not going to allow any more people in here, um, yeah. then it just becomes a game of whoever has the most money can afford to live in Sandpoint. Um, and, it, and, you know, it, it, but only if we, if we allow, if we manage that growth and, and allow it to happen, um, can we bring, you know, more inventory onto the market? Mm -hmm. Um, and then it, 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 there can be something for everybody or at least, yeah. you know, uh, as much as possible. And so, so, you know, we want to obviously keep, you know, housing available and affordable for the people that live here. And, um, particularly for, for people, um, young people, mm -hmm. um, um, people on fixed incomes, the elderly, and, and and the working class, and, and everybody else. We want it to be, you know, Sandpoint's always been a, a community of, of a, a diverse mix of people. Yeah, totally. Economically, yeah. And, and we want to, yeah. to maintain that in right. the future. So, um, I, I, you know, obviously I'm a housing advocate. Uh, we, we work with local families to get local families into houses, single moms, parents working two, three jobs, uh, you know, with four kids, mm -hmm. and um, they love it here. They want to be here. They could move to Coeur d'Alene. They could move to Spokane, where things might be a little less expensive mm -hmm. for them to live. But that's not where they want to be. And I think that uh, we're if the pricing continues to move in the direction that it's moving, we will remove choice uh, from people that yeah. would love to be here but can't be here. And we will begin to select out all of the um, people that, that work here. You know, Quest is already bringing in two vans a day Kodiak. of people. Kodiak. Kodiak, sorry. Kodiak yeah. is bringing in two, you know, two vans a day of workers from Rathroom and Post Falls. And um, um, so, so we've got we've to find some ways. So what are solutions? Uh, well, what Bonner County Housing Agency is doing community. is... Community. I'm sorry, yes. Bonner County Community Housing. Bonner Community Housing. Bonner Community Housing Come Agency. Come on, yes. I'm working on it. It's okay. That's why we just say BCHA, because okay. nobody gets it right. It's all good, dude. <laughs> well, that's an important part of the solution, um, mm -hmm. and I, I think there's... You know, this is a very complex problem. It, it requires is, a comprehensive solution. It is solution. complex, yes. Mm -hmm. so, so that's one solution. Um, the, the classic... Um, you know, Section 8 uh, subsidized housing, um, where we can um, accommodate that is also a part of the solution. Yeah. Um, you know, the comprehensive plan that we're going through right now is an mm -hmm. important part of the solution because mm -hmm. so much of this relies on what our land use regulations and mm -hmm. policies are yep. in terms of how do we yep. accommodate that growth. Um, because what, what we did in 2007, or 2009 rather, with the 2009 comp plan that's so significant that um, I don't know if people really appreciate is that um, we allowed accessory dwelling units yeah. by right. Yeah. That was, you know, as far as like one item that probably had the, the greatest impact in terms huge. of affordable, you know, available yep. created, housing and Created standpoint. rentals. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right off the bat, we created, mm -hmm. you know, probably 57 or so um, accessory dwelling units that were some, many of them were just illegally operating before the, yeah, people just like, built them and, yeah, and did them, you know, converting their garage out back mm -hmm. into a living unit yeah. when, um, it wasn't allowed. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, we, we, without, you know, changing, without creating any developments anywhere, um, without creating, you know, multifamily development, mm -hmm. uh, you know, complexes mm -hmm. anywhere, we just immediately, you know, created, you know, 57 right. new units essentially. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that was really significant. The other thing we did in 2009 is we allowed much more 
uh, density, mm -hmm. um, particularly in the multifamily mm -hmm. zone. Um, so greater density on the same uh, lot size. Mm -hmm. um, but then we also reduced the lot size. There were a lot of lots mm -hmm. around town that yep. were under the minimum yeah. 7,500 square feet, and we brought that down to 5,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it all of a sudden made a lot more lots developable. I've got one right over here on Pine Street. I had a 45, I have a 4,500 square foot lot you, that technically was illegal. You couldn't build there, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, now it's uh, now it's my home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so yeah. That, those are the kinds of things that can happen through the comprehensive plan. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that can happen is, um, is that the plan can have, uh, the, the community can develop through the comp plan a shared vision of how we want to see Sandpoint grow. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that, that we've got to uh, get over, I, I think, is a, is a, you know, not just a community, but as a society, really, I mean, uh -huh. um, is this idea that, you know, this 12,500 square foot lot, single family home with a picket fence, um, we're not going to continue to be able to have that kind of housing and have it be affordable. It's yeah. not, it's simply not possible in, in, so, to, for both realms. Yeah. You can yeah. have that kind of house, but yeah. you're going to have to pay for it. And it's yeah. not going to be, you know, in the two hundreds and, um, you know, hopefully if you're lucky, it'll be in the three hundreds. Well, we know the, 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 you know, units off of Walnut, you know, the smaller, those 10 units that are being there off a of division. I mean, those are over 200,000. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, we're, we're, in, we're already at a price point yeah. that is, is difficult. Uh, I just wrote an article for the association of realtors, um, and, um, you know, just doing the research and, and according to HUD's numbers, uh, family of four in Bonner County um, is where you start to be able to afford any homes over 200000 hmm. Like you have to have an income that can provide for a family of four, which is close to $50,000 a year, to buy a home in the city of Sandpoint that's at $200,000. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got two-bedroom, one-bath units going up mm -hmm. for more than that now. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as within the city of Sandpoint coming up with creative solutions to deal with the housing issues. Some ships have already sailed, yeah. right? We can, we can deal with lot size. We can deal with that kind of stuff and it will bring some things down. And this is why I'm excited about the comp plan with housing, mm -hmm. because I think that there are some things in some other communities that are doing great things to try and provide stuff for teachers for yes. uh, specifically like uh, emergency responders, um, you know, people who work in, in unique fields mm -hmm. that the city really needs to have on hand in order for the city to be successful, including wor working with large manufacturer employers, things like that. Yeah. And of course we've talked about this many times in the community land trust yeah. um, option, which is a whole nother show actually. And I'm going to be doing a whole show. Oh, good. Um, I was hoping we, we could do a show on that. Cause, cause I can yeah. talk, we can, I know we can talk for a long yeah. time just on this issue. So, yeah. so um, and, but, and even the innovative ideas that the mm -hmm. land trust is, is one solution. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, which, which is, let me just say this one thing, because yeah. every time I see, hear the word, um, see the word land trust come up online or discussed online, um, people uh, immediately equate it with an easement or they equate it with what 
Connexu Land Trust does. Um, hmm. And community land trusts are very different. Um, they actually provide ownership opportunities for people who want to buy homes, but it costs far less So um, because of, of the way that the development works. So we're actually talking about developing homes for people to buy, mm -hmm. um, and they get to own those homes, and someone at some point invests money in the land, and it stays in the land, mm -hmm. whether it's a donation or a purchase or whatever that is. So I just get the basic out of the way there sure. because it's it is confusing um because we it feels like a land grab or it's a you know uh some type of um thing where it's not equitable mm -hmm. um but the communal land trust is probably one of the most equitable ways i can see <laughs> yeah. to get affordable um properties for sale uh for people to own and live in a community that's moving the direction we're moving yeah so and, and it yeah. and it works all over the world and and even um, it does, yeah. even in idaho uh, there's an example i understand mm -hmm. down in mccall, McCall right now yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And even in Rathrum, there was a private mm -hmm. model that that yep. um, that is exists down there as well. well, and there's, well there's, it's not there's a land one in, trust. There's but one it's, in it's Spokane. The there's one in Leavenworth. There's 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 a bunch around. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so. It, it, we're not reinventing the wheel here. No, this is not us. at all. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing about a land trust that's that's really cool is it can be both for um, you know home ownership, mm -hmm. uh, say like you know first home buyers for example, or you know any any mm -hmm. home buyer. Um, and you can focus it mm -hmm. on, you know, if a particular mm -hmm. uh, group that you want to try to, um, yeah. you know, that you want to yeah. try to meet, whether, like you said, teachers yep. or, um, you know, for for corporate housing or, you know, we, we have companies in town that are growing and they're concerned about how do they, um, you know, provide for and maintain a workforce and housing is, is one yep. of their biggest challenges and and they can mm -hmm. um you know so so they're it's very much in their interest to try to help solve this problem sure. and so they can um provide you know be a player in this idea of a land trust to bring the cost of the housing yeah. down for their workforce yeah. so yeah. so that can be part of the solution too um and then the other thing is so it can be both for the home ownership market but it can also uh, work in the rental market yeah it all depends on how you set it up um, and, uh, for us, you know, we work a lot with, um, I, Idaho housing and HUD. And so whenever we're, um, we're always looking at how can we get funding through those sources. Mm -hmm. Um, and so those are all home ownership opportunities with land trusts for the most part. Um, so that's where always my mind goes. I don't consider land trusts and rentals. I haven't thought a whole lot about that, mm -hmm. but it is absolutely doable. Um, let's switch gears a little bit because, um, you know, you got to get going. I got to get going. We've had a wonderful conversation. It's been, it's been good. Um, couple, couple final questions for you. What is your biggest challenge that you see, um, for yourself, um, in the next, if you become mayor, what is what, what's the biggest challenges that you see coming up for you hmm. if you get elected on Tuesday? Wow, um, that's that's a hard question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't know what say, you don't, I don't know. I don't say but... that very often. But <laughs> oh, oh wow! Not, I not got it on tape. So, um, so then, the, then I think the other other side of that is uh, what are what are the big victories that you're looking to have if you're reelected? Like, what what's kind of your vision? What do you want to see happen? Yeah, well, you know, uh, again, I mean, it I mean, feel like a broken record yeah. on the, with the comp plan and and the capital improvement plan that that's underway. We we, we were just kicking off the. Uh, the uh, transportation multimodal uh -huh. master plan. So, I mean, all of this is really um, driving what 
this city is going to look, feel, and function like right. for the next 50 years or okay. more. So um, it, this is like such a monumental effort. And um, so making sure that, that that process is done right and it's successful, um, I think, is is the most important thing right now. And, and I'm very passionate about that. I'm kind of, as you are probably gathering by now, I'm a little bit of a planner by nature. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm a visionary by nature. And so this kind of work is, is really exciting for me. Um, I love community engagement. I love getting uh, the public excited about these kinds of opportunities. Recall, I was the, uh, freshman high school, uh, That's right, yeah. uh, basically the, I was like the cheerleader from uh -huh. the bench there. So, mm -hmm. um, so it, it, I kind of <laughs> feel like I, I'll be doing that through this, uh, planning effort mm -hmm. is really trying to rally the community. Um, behind um, this, this um, behind this planning effort to make sure that we have a community-driven plan is, yeah. that, that we end up with. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the most significant thing because it's really going to um, drive the success of Sandpoint in every way into the future. Sure. But but I think you know focusing on you know quality of life, um, economic vitality is huge. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really a proud. Uh, well, to to finish that thought real quick. So you know again we need to continue to diversify the economy and create opportunities sure higher paying uh, wages we we talked about you know housing and affordability but the, the other side, side of that coin is it's not all about how do we make housing cheaper it's well how do we make wages higher right and, and we've had uh, we've done some housing forums uh, hosted them in the past and uh, we've come up with with just amazing um, opportunities uh, with employers for all of these other ways that they can help offset costs mm -hmm. so that the housing burden isn't so high. And uh, and I think there's so much room to come up with creative opportunities for local local companies to to lay a hold of. It is difficult living in a higher uh, higher priced area, um, you know, and having you know manufacturing and stuff that have international market pressures like Lighthouse mm -hmm. and other, you know, like they've yeah. got to produce a product at a certain price, you know? And so right. I think there are some, some, um, inherent challenges, but we have jobs. So talking about your vision for the future, um, you've mentioned comp plan, mm -hmm. you've mentioned, um, looking at, uh, at diversifying the economy, looking at a lot of different ways to really increase, um, our livability here mm -hmm. and keeping uh, those people here that want to be here, mm -hmm. uh, even if it's difficult to afford, you know, trying to create opportunity for that. Um, so why should people vote for you? Well, um, I am. And now you're ready for the stump speech. Here it comes. Dude. Yeah. It's recording. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm the candidate with experience. Um, I have the most experience of, of any, uh, of the candidates. Um, I am the candidate who has shown time and again that um, I have the the courage and the fortitude to um, stand up for for our values and make difficult decisions, um, even even when it's uncomfortable. Um, whether we're talking about you know you, you brought up the uh, um, whether we're talking about planning, um, whether we're talking about turf, um, there's been a lot of instances where I, I feel like I've had to. Um, um, you know, take the, the difficult position and, and um, you know, the issues that we're going to continue to face um, that we face today and will continue to face in the, in the future are, are going to be challenging issues. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Sandpoint is going through a lot of change because of the growth and, mm -hmm. and, and, and because of the, the, 
global climate around us, um, the global changes that, that are impacting mm. us here locally. And so the, these are really um, significant changes that, that are going to be difficult to solve, and they're, they're going um, to take wisdom, they're going to take experience, and they're going to take courage to face those challenging issues. Okay. So, so I think mm -hmm. um, that's what sets myself apart from, uh, from my opponents. And, um, you know, I know we're all good people. I know we all love our community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know, um, you know, we all have a lot to, to bring to the table, but, but that's, uh, that's how I'm different. Okay, cool. Um, how was this for you? It was great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah good. I really appreciate it. Yeah. We'll, we'll be doing, um, we'll be doing more. I think, um, um, you know, one of the things that we're, we're always looking for is, is you know, conversations that make us think. Uh -huh. Um, and we are in no way, uh, one of the things that I, I send out, um, I sent you the, the guest packet, um, you know, the little PDF about what to expect and, and stuff. I, don't I know think if you I got missed that. it. Was that yeah, it was attached. It? it was attached to one of your emails. Um, was but it today? No. Oh. Yeah, first time I on the oh, early on. Yeah, early okay. on. Okay. It was a while ago. Okay. Um, but uh, one of the things that we talk about is is how uh, we really we really want um, to get to know you. Right. Like that's our, our goal here is to get to know. I feel like I got to know you a mm. lot better um, through this process. So I appreciate you coming in. Yeah. You know, it's good. It's good. So I like can, I've known for years and, and, you know, I had told everybody, Hey, Ken and I are friends. We've known each other for years. So it's a very laid back, you know, conversation. This is good. Um, uh, November 5th, Tuesday, people need to go vote for mayor. And uh, you're one of the candidates on the ballot. And uh, we appreciate you coming in. Thank you, Chris. Right. It's a pleasure speaking yep. with you. Awesome. All right. All right. Thanks.